0: This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Job and our responsibility is to help our children, not them help us. Sometimes children fall behind a little bit in school because we're placing too much on them. They got to wash the dishes. They got to wash clothes. They got to do, they, why? Sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, it's so that life could be a little bit easier on us. Let's set them up for success this year. Let's set them up. I didn't say they don't have to do anything. They do. They need to put their book bags up and they do. But don't make them, don't make them be the second parent in the home or the third parent in the home. My job as a pastor is to get in your business. Let's make sure that we're not making life easier on us by giving them responsibilities that we should be taking. Every, every day doesn't have to be a five-course meal. Some days is cereal. Some days is sandwiches. If that is what's necessary, does that make sense? Some days it's breakfast for dinner. Instead of putting so much responsibility on the children that now they've got so many chores and so many things to do that they don't have time to do their homework and things like that. Now you have to monitor and and maybe on the weekends they can have their game systems and things like that. On the weekends if they earn it. But throughout the week let's make life easy for them so that they can learn and they can retain. Y'all not really saying anything to me. Because sometimes we put so much responsibility on them that they don't have time to really study before it's bedtime and and things of that nature. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to get out of your business, and I'm going to get into the Word of God. We've been in a series talking about my very best friend, the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the third person of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oftentimes we focus a lot on Father God. We focus a lot on the Son Jesus, as we should, but we don't talk as much ab- about the person of the Holy Spirit, or what we say about the Holy Spirit is just a fraction, just a little piece of who He really is. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Godhead, the Holy Trinity, God with us, God for us, and God in us. We were studying in Genesis and we found where God created man in his own image and in his likeness, gave man dominion over the fish of the sea, of the birds of the air, over all the cattle and every creeping thing that creeps in the earth. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, God formed the man from the dust of the ground. That was the only, God spoke to everything else but when he came to man he, he touched him. He was intimate. He formed him from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being or a speaking spirit, a spirit that speaks. You're designed to speak the outcome. You're designed to speak forth your manifestation. You're designed to prophesy your own life. We learned about the different types or the different symbols or icons of the Holy Spirit to help us to understand him as a person. Help us to understand who he is so that we can engage him appropriately. I jokingly made a a statement. I said, I can't keep prancing around Vance or I can't keep prancing around Al without Essence having a problem without Jenny having a problem. Uh, It's nice for me to bring uh, Vance cookies. It's nice for me to bring Al brownies and just bypass halfway, knock Jenny down. There's a big problem right there. Why? Because the two are One. one. Likewise, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three are one. I can't keep prancing around Father in the name of Jesus and forget about the person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, he's not a figment, he's not a, 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 um, a whatever, he is a, a, a literal person, the third person of the Godhead. We learned in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 that God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a speaking spirit. The first transaction is he was given the authority, the ability to speak because now we're supposed to operate the same way that God operated. Anything and everything that God wanted to see, read Genesis chapter 1 for yourself. Whatever he wanted to see, he first spoke it. He first said it. Let there be light, and there was light. Come on. Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. and And everything that he said, he saw, and it was good. Everything you want to see in your life, you're supposed to speak it, and then you're supposed to see it, and you're supposed to see that it's real good. We've been malfunctioning. We want to see it first and then talk about it. That's not faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. So you don't have to see anything. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8, we learned that one of the first things that God did is God, God placed a man. He strategically set the man in position in Eden in delight, in His mesmerizing presence, in His, in God's very own presence, man was strategically set in the garden, which has reference to delight. Yes, it's a physical location, but it is a spiritual location as well. So, man was strategically positioned in the presence of God. Remember, we talked about the breath of life has reference to the ruach, the wind. God. These are all icons or symbols of the Holy Spirit, the breath, the wind, the invisible moving power of the third person of the Godhead. So Adam had a standing appointment in the Ruach. Remember, he met God in the cool of the day. He had a standing appointment face to face with the mesmerizing, captivating presence of God. So let me ask you this, when he is in God's presence, what do you think was happening? I don't believe that Adam was like, well, was a nice day out. What do you think about the Tigers? What do you think about the Cubs? I don't think he was talking just random chit-chat. I believe that he was engulfed in worship. Praise and worship requires speaking, which was the first thing that God gave, breathed in the man's nostril, the breath of life, and man became a living being or a speaking spirit. Then he positioned man right in his face, in his mesmerizing presence, and I just believe that when Adam saw God, he saw himself. And he said, you're awesome, you're beautiful, you're brilliant, you're majestic, you're holy, you're worthy, mighty as I just believe that he spontaneously began to worship. There is a place in the presence of God. We're talking about the Holy Spirit where the wind, the breath, the glory of the Lord is revealed. Adam and Eve were clothed. In the glory of God. Because remember when they ate the forbidden fruit, then they realized they were naked. They were naked the whole time. But they had on a different kind of garment. Oh, good God Almighty. They had on a different kind of clothing. They were clothed in splendor and clothed in majesty. They were clothed in the glory of The light of God, the presence of God clothed them. But when they found a problem, the enemy presented a problem to them. Did God really say that you can't eat of the fruit? God knows if you eat, then you'll be just like him. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1 and 27, 26, 27, 28. They were already like him. But they stepped outside of Him to try to meet their own need. Everything that you need is found in the glory of God, in the presence of God. Another type, another icon of the person of the Holy Spirit to help you to understand who He is and, and what He does is glory or a cloud. Cloud, glory. Remember the ruach, the wind, the cloud, the glory. They were clothed. They wore the glory of God. They wore the light of God. They wore the essence of God just like clothes. So the first thing that happened when they got outside of God's will, they realized they were naked. They no longer resembled the image of their father. Now they had took on the image of a beast. God strategically positioned the man that he loved so very much in his presence, in in Eden, in his glory, in his splendor, in his majesty, in his light. It was glory. And, And man had a right to be there. Man was so intimate with his father, he saw himself in God's eyes. He saw himself as if he was looking in a mirror. That is how you're supposed to see yourself, as if you're looking in a mirror. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 tells us, reads it this way, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The anointed one, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of the living God in you. Well, Jesus, the person, is not in you. It's the spirit of the anointed one that is in you, giving you the hope of glory. Well, who is the spirit of Jesus? Who's the spirit of God? The Holy Spirit. John 4, 23 and 24 and the new king says, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father seeks is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. If I See here in Scripture where it says there is a true worshiper, then there has to be a counterfeit worshiper. The true worshiper worships in spirit and in truth. Worship because that's who God is. They see his presence. They're responding to who they see, who he is and revealed in Scripture. They're responding, right? But the counterfeit worshiper is worshiping to get something. To get my car note paid, to get my house paid, to get this, to get this, this. That's a counterfeit worshiper. We see that God placed man in the garden, which had reference to the glory, which had reference to his splendor. And as man saw it, He responded to it. Worship and praise is a response to who I recognize and acknowledge that he is. He's he's so faithful and he's so kind that he gives us all of these emblems and symbols and symbols and icons to help us to really see him. So when we see him, we see us. So the response to Adam in the cool of every day was worship. Worship brings God on the scene for any situation that you may be facing. Regardless of what you're going through, when you praise and worship, not necessarily because you feel like it, But because you have a revelation of who he is, it brings his manifest presence on the scene. And because he's a reciprocal God, when he comes on the scene, he looks to see what your real need is. What the real, not the superficial band-aid need, but what the real need is. And the Holy Spirit, who is always moving and always hovering, immediately goes to work. In worship, we know that there has to be an expression. There is an expression in worship. With true love, there's always an expression of true love. You're always demonstrating, there's always an expression of love. There's an expression in our worship. There's an experience to our worship, and there's an expectation when I worship. When your heart is full of praise and worship, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, when your heart, true worship, comes into play, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, true worship, true praise will Find an expression. It's a beautiful thing when my little grandchildren they come and they bring me the little dandelions, <laughs> little, little. And I'm so grateful when that, that's an expression. They they don't walk up to complete strangers and do that. They bring me the best weeds. And I receive it as an expression of love. Then oftentimes they say, Grand love, put it behind your ear. So now I'm walking around with dandelions behind my ear. But I do it because that was an expression of their love. Listen, true worship will find an expression. Are you listening to me? I love it when the children's church kids come up. Sometimes they win different candy and things like that, and they always give me an offering of candy. They give me skittles and uh, starbursts, and uh, that, that's a, why they love me. Sometimes they come and a little candy be in their hand, and it be so sticky. And you're like here you go past, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's sticky and everything, but guess what? I take it every time. Oh, hallelujah, I receive it every time. It's all sticky, it's halfway wet, the color still be in their hand. And they want to put it in my mouth. I'm like, but have you been digging? That's what I'm trying to. But okay, I take it. Because it is an expression of their love. What expression of your love are you offering to God? Praise and worship is an expression. And praise and worship has an experience. And praise and worship has in expectation. I'm going to get ahead of myself, and I'm going to come back and, and lay more principle down right here, but I need to take you a little further so that you have something to stand on this week. True worship, true worship takes you from the gates to the court, to his presence. Come on and get a revelation. True worship is the access code. It's the combination to get you to the eye-to-eye delight, captivating, mesmerizing presence. True worship draws you as close as possible to God, indicative of blowing him kisses. True worship, listen right here, makes it all about him. True worship makes it all about him. Intimacy does not try to fulfill itself. Intimacy is always about satisfying the other party. So it's not about, I didn't like the way, I didn't like the beat of that song. It didn't have no bass to it. It didn't have, it's not about you. It's about pleasing and satisfying God. Songs and hymns and spiritual songs, it's not entertainment. So it's not entertaining you. It's not entertainment. It's, It's not a performance. And it should always be directed to God. So there are certain songs we like because we got that beat to it. We like, it's not about the beat and how you feel. It's about honoring God and worshiping God. And sometimes the, the songs that have the best beat to it, the lyrics are messed up. Take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. How is that honoring God? Now, I understand that might be y'all jam because Tamala Man can sing. But you got to go with the lyrics. Is this honoring God? My heart is broken pieces. That, that. No. Father, I adore you. Great is your faithfulness. From everlasting to everlasting, you're God. And besides you, there is no other great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. It's not about how I feel about it. It's about extolling him being captivated by his presence, having a revelation of who he is, then I'm not distracted by problems and situations and circumstances and heartbreak and sickness. My worship changes the environment. My worship changes my focus off of sickness to healer. Off of lack to provider, true worship. Your worship shifts the atmosphere. It shifts your natural atmosphere, listen, but it should shift your heart too my heart should be shifted off of who did me wrong and i can't believe that they did that and who lied on me and who talked about me and who scan turn them over to the hands of a just god but father i worship you you're high and you're lifted up and your train fills the temple people are going to be people you can't do nothing about that but don't let them get your focus off Because whatever turns your head turns your heart. Then you start strategizing a get-back, a get-back plan. Everybody look straight ahead. You really start strategizing a get-back plan. I remember some people had dogged me, lied on me, had my name in every barbershop and beauty shop in the city to print it off people, didn't have, telling a half of the truth. But the thing of it is, I knew the whole truth. And when I tell you my flesh wanted to slice some tires, y'all not ready for that discussion. Cause listen, I'm from 48342. 48342. But I had to leave my old zip code and worship him in spirit and in truth. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of all my praise and all of my worship and all of my adoration and all my thanksgiving. No, I don't understand why, but I can't focus on why they did that and she did that and he did that and why they did I can't focus on that. My focus has to be on you and all of your beauty and all of your splendor and all of your majesty, your grace Greatly to be praised. Worship will find an expression. And in that expression, the light of His glory comes on me. Not that I'm worthy, but the scripture says He declares me worthy. He knows the absolute worst about me, but he appraises me as worthy. He appraises me as more than enough. He appraises me as valuable. He appraises me as valuable. Who wouldn't worship a king like this? The revelation of who he is is found in his glory, in the cloud, in the person of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives me a revelation of who I am and whose I am. The Holy Spirit gives me a revelation of the spirit, the essence of the almighty God. I can stand in his presence. And the Holy Spirit floods the eyes of my understanding so that I'm flooded with light. The light of his glory, I, I, I'm a, y'all got to come back on Wednesday when I tell you about the glory that was radiated on Jesus Amen. on the Mount of Transfiguration. The glory, when the priests went to minister, they couldn't even stand, the glory was so heavy, was so they couldn't even stand up to minister. The glory that was on Moses' face when Moses said, God, I want to see your face. Here's the revelation as I close. Moses didn't grow up as a slave. He grew up in the palace. So he didn't have a slave mindset. The slave mindset was, Moses, you go talk to God for us. We ain't trying to talk to God. But he was raised in the palace. So he started demanding, I want to see your face. And God said, oh, no, you can't handle that glory. You can't handle that. But I'm going to a, a put my hand over you and I'm going to cover you in a cleft of rock. The hand is another type of the Holy Spirit. Cover him. And he said, you can see my goodness afterward, the backside of my goodness. In other words, you can see the residue. The residue of his goodness, the residue of his glory caused the light, the glory, the splendor to be all over Moses so we had to cover his own face up because the glory was tremendous listen 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 Christ in you Christ in you listen listen Christ in you the hope of glory now faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen. God wants that same glory to be manifested in and through you. Listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. Have you ever noticed when you go in the store, everybody be looking at you? Come on. You're like, what they looking at? You ever see? You ever notice that? You're like, it's my hair. Have you noticed the people look at you? you trying to be incognito and people still be looking. What do they see? Glory of God coming up on you. Don't get mad when people are looking at you. What you looking at? Don't get mad. Just trying to see the glory. There's a glory that is rising on you as a result of your worship. Listen, never forget who you are i got to close right here. Never forget whose you are. Listen, listen, listen. Because you might not always sense the glory, but by the light of the word, the revelation of the word, that comes by means of the person of the Holy Spirit, which has caused the glory to rise upon you. Quick story, and I'm going to close. Pastor Tim and I were going, he was preaching somewhere, and we were going to a visiting church. So we're in the car, and you know, as a young mother with four young children, you're the last person to get ready. You're trying to put your mascara and everything on in the car because you're so busy getting everybody else. Where the mamas that in the house? Am I right about it? So I'm in the car putting my mascara and stuff on, and there was a car driving next to us, and the car kept trying to keep pace with us. Now, you know how we are moms. We're trying to get our, then you try trying to make sure you don't have no boogers in your nose. And I'm you know. like, I want to say, what is you looking at? But I restrained myself and I just waved at him. Went on doing my thing. Pulled up at the church. Why did the car pull up right next to us? Now I had an opportunity to be ugly. What you looking at? But I seized the opportunity to stay in the glory. Pulled up at the church. The people pulled up at the church next to us. And guess what they said? Oh, we just knew y'all were the guest speakers. Don't worry about who looking at you. They see something on you. They see something in you. They see the glory. the glory of God rising big on the inside of you. Never forget who you are. Never forget who you are. And remember the season has just shifted. In the next four months I prophesy over you that you recover everything lost damaged or broken over the last eight months. I speak over you that things that passed you by within the past five years will not pass you by this time. And you will walk in the fullness of all that God has for you. Oh, it comes with joy unspeakable. There's that glory again. Glory, glory, glory. From glory to glory to glory to glory. He's taking you from glory to glory to glory. He's taking you from glory to glory to glory to God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.